You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Hello, Neverlanders. Take your pixie out of your pocket. I am... I am who? This is Eric, Lost Boy Ratlaw, coming to you from Neverland. How is everyone doing today? I'm waiting for them to answer. Good. Because you know everybody Good. talks to their podcast. That. Excellent. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes. You know, I find myself doing it all the time in my car, so. Sure. Hey, Jeremy, how's it going? Hi. Yes, because it is I. It is your spider pan, Jeremy. And, of course, as you, you, you've taken that pixie out of your pocket, but we didn't tell you what to do with it yet. But you should know the routine. You sprinkle some of that pixie dust and grab your happiest thoughts, and we fly away to Neverland again. Yay! All right. Yes. And hopefully you can't tell that we're both tired. <laughs> But I can hear it in our voices. Uh, Speak for yourself. I had a busy day yesterday, and I had a nice little nap a little while ago. Oh, good. Yeah, it's been kind of a long, busy weekend. Of course, most of my weekend, uh, I've I've been trying to catch up on some video games and doing some reading. Uh, Oh, speaking of some reading. Okay, so... Jeff Barnes, uh, longtime listeners might remember him. He wrote this book called The Wisdom of Walt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he had sent me a digital copy, and I got a, I kind of perused it a little bit before I talked to him. Uh, but he's got a second book coming beyond The Wisdom of Walt, and he's making some arrangements with me. He would like me to review the book and then have him back on the show to talk about this new book. So I thought, well, I better hurry up and, and read uh, this one. But I, I'm not really a fan of reading digital copies. So I went on to Amazon to find myself a copy of The Wisdom of Walt. And I found one that said that it may have a personalized message on the inside cover. I said, well, that's okay. So I ordered that. And I ordered a couple other books I'll talk about here in in a second. But the funny thing is, is I got the book and it's in really good condition. And I opened up and yes, it is signed by Dr. Jeff Barnes himself. And it's signed to somebody named Josh. Well, it starts with a J. It starts with a J, so that's really funny. So I did start in reading it. I'm a few chapters in, and it is very, very good stuff. If you have not checked out that book, you definitely need to check it out. Uh, Dr. Jeff Barnes is a really fun guest, and I'm excited to have him back on. Uh, His next book is coming out, I believe, here in October. So very soon you'll hear him back on the show. And I'll I'll try to read this book and the second one really fast. But after I'm done reading that, the other two things that I ordered – and this turned out to be cooler than I thought. Um, I actually, because I have an Amazon 
credit card uh, through Chase Bank that I got specifically. I wanted to use it to purchase my books for school. If I, and if I don't purchase them through the school, if I find them cheaper on Amazon, I figured I'd use this credit card. Mm-hmm. Well, as luck would have it, I ended up maxing out this card mainly because I was using it for gas there for a while because we didn't, you know, uh, things were kind of rough. So we'll just say that. But I was using, you know, credit to keep my gas, my car fueled up. And so I built up a lot of points. Now, the neat thing, this builds up money inside Amazon on my Amazon account. And I, so I'm able to use that money then for purchases. So I had some buildup in there. So I went ahead and got these other books and I found many people will have heard of the Neil Gabler, Walt Disney. Uh, I think it's called uh, Triumph of the American Imagination. I believe it's called mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. big, thick book. My goodness, this is like 600 pages. So I'm going to try to read this by next summer because I have this idea for a project I might do next summer. But uh, I'll talk about it more if I get a chance to do it. But not only that, but I saw this other book uh, that had – and it looked like the dust jacket had the, the image I've seen for the cover for um, uh, – this documentary, it's like uh, the man behind the legend or something like that. Uh, that is something Diane Disney Miller oversaw because uh, she mm-hmm. wanted to have you know a good documentary about her father. Uh, that you know, that way, he, her father didn't become just like Colonel Sanders or something. Mm-hmm. She wanted to know who Walt Disney was. You know, everybody to know. Uh, and it had that same cover, so I thought, ooh, let me get that one. And so I ordered that one as well. And now this one, uh, this I had heard of before. It's a uh, oh golly, Bob. I want to say Horton. Uh-oh, I forgot the name already on it. Oh, wait, I got it's it right Bob next Thomas, to me. Bob Thomas, is it? Bob Thomas, yes. Yes. But but it, here's the thing. Okay, so there's a 1994 release of this book, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what I got. It arrived here, no dust jacket, hardback, original copy from, uh, what is that, 1976? Yes, 1976. Oh, wow. Original copy in very good condition. It, it is, uh, it's uh, somebody named Terry J. Davis had this, has this phone number on here in case he lost his book. I should call him, see if he's still got the same number. <laughs> anyway, uh, but it says, I read this book during Christmas vacation, 1976 and 1977, and he's, he put his initials there to say when he read it. And, wow. uh, it was it was given him as a gift, I guess, uh, from somebody named Anne Marie on December twenty fifth of nineteen seventy six. It's kind of neat. It's got the writing on there from that. But so I am going to after I finish the Wisdom of Walt and Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, and I'm also going to be reading textbooks here in a couple of weeks. I don't go back to school. I'm going to read this Bob Thomas book and the Enabler. That is that I get that name right? Neil Gabler. Gabler. Yeah. Gabler. The Neil Gabler book. And I am going to know everything in the world about Walt that I don't already know. <laughs> well, so, I'll tell you between those two, I have a personal favorite, but I'm not going to color your judgment and allow you to read the two of them before we uh, discuss yeah. the be before we discuss either of them. <laughs> oh, and we can have a nice discussion of the books. I'm sure it'll be fun. So. But that's how I spent part of my weekend. The other part, and I have another funny story to tell. Okay, so I, I, I needed to take a weekend off. I really did because I'm getting close to school starting, and it was kind of a crazy week. And I went to where I'm driving for Uber to driving for Lyft, and I'm probably going to drive for both here this week. But it was kind of an exhausting week, and I'm getting ready to go back to school here in just a couple weeks. So I thought I was going to take a weekend off, and I've recently, on the PlayStation Network, found that for the PS4, they had a sale on Lego Harry Potter years one through four and uh, five through seven as one package deal. I got them both for like five dollars oh, in wow. this sale. So I was like, whoa. So I went ahead and got them because you know, I've played the, the the one through four. I had it on Xbox, uh, but I, I didn't really unlock all the extras or anything. 
Well, I sat down uh, over the weekend. I've been playing that, and I've been broadcasting. If anyone watches my personal YouTube channel, I did live stream some some game time, which you can check it out if you look under Gluband, G-L-U-B-A-N-D. I've got a lot of game streaming that I've done directly onto YouTube from my PlayStation, if you're interested in that sort of thing. But... Uh, so here's what was funny. I've completed all all the years, all the regular story mode. And so I've been working on unlocking everything and unlocking all the characters. And I needed to get some dark wizards so I could do these little objects that require dark magic to, to open up and unlock more characters and, you know, Hogsworth Crest and that kind of thing. Well, I, I uh, after you've done all the story, you can go back to Hogwarts. You can go around the, the school. Mm-hmm. And... Inside there, you know, like a normal Lego game, you when you do free play levels, you you tap a button to the right or to the left, and you switch characters, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. how this is set up, if you're going to just run around the school, you have to go to these polyjuice potion cauldrons that you've you made throughout oh. the course of playing, and you do that to switch characters. Well, <laughs> I I unlocked Professor Quirrell slash Voldemort, mm-hmm. and he comes with one of the spells that he could do the Avada Kedavra. Mm. And I thought, well, that's kind of neat. You can do that. And there was this other uh, cheat that I unlocked by these little bread boxes. You send an owl back to mm-hmm. the owlery, that kind of thing. But it, it, it was labeled character studs. And I didn't know what it did until I started using Avada Kedavra at the school. Basically, when I kill a character, he turns into studs. So I was like having fun. I was running around using Avada Kedavra, killing a bunch of people. <laughs> but I would leave the room I was in in Hogwarts, and I would come back to it on the way through. And I noticed nobody was respawning. Oh, I was, no. I was like, you mean if I kill them, they're going to stay dead? And I kind of wondered about that because, uh, you know, with the PlayStation 4, you can put it into rest mode and you can actually keep your game active and it'll come right back to where you left off. Um, but so I was kind of worried about that. And when I started doing some research online because I thought it was kind of interesting, I found out that it will permanently kill them, especially if you have saved or done something that would save your game. Like mm. uh, like unlocking something will save your game if you find a, a token or an artifact or whatever. Uh, it will save the game automatically. And I thought, oh, golly, maybe I better just quit the game and I'll restart so everybody comes back. But I had forgotten that I did indeed, after cleaning out a couple of rooms, I did find an item, and it saved. So now I've permanently killed some of the oh, students no. at Hogwarts. That's horrible. <laughs> but it was so funny. It's, it's terrible that I've done it, but it was, it was funny while I did it. You know, because I was going around, like, because there's characters that, they don't react to you any differently, even though I'm Voldemort walking around the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still wave at me like I'm playing as Harry, and they're like, hello! And I'm like, hello, zap, Avada Kedavra! <laughs> you know? And even, you know, the when you are finished, the school stays in the way things are set at the end of the Goblet of Fire. So I had uh, Rita Skeeter running around, and, you know, we don't like her anyway. So Rita Skeeter came running up, spam, Avada Kedavra! You know? <laughs> and she didn't come back. I'm like, I might have just done the Wizarding World a favor, really. <laughs> hmm. Now go find Dolores Umbridge. Next game. <laughs> Next game. <laughs> well, I have noted it doesn't let me necessarily kill professors. I did find one in the common room that was some unnamed professor that I managed to kill her. And unfortunately, she won't be coming back probably because I probably saved after I went into the Great Hall and uh, mm-hmm. went on my murderous rampage. Also, I've gone on a, Thankfully, you can go to Diagon Alley and go on a murderous rampage. And then if you go into one of the shops and come back out, everybody's back again. So I can oh. get all my murderous jollies going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's been my weekend. <laughs> I've probably just changed the way some people think of me. They're like, oh my gosh, he's been running around killing Lego people. He's evil. <laughs> but we should probably get into some news here. What do you think? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. 
spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. All right, so our first thing, uh, this, um, I'm going to have to just grab this link and, and put it in the show notes as long as I don't forget. But Garner Holt has been working on some new animatronics. And they, they've they said, though, this is not necessarily coming to the parks right away. That's what they're saying. But they have shown, they've got it up on, if you look for up for Garner Holt on their YouTube channel, they have put up a video of a brand new Abraham Lincoln animatronic. And you know they are refurbishing the uh, Hall of Presidents right now because every time you get a new president, they, they refurbish it and they, they're going to put a, a talking Trump in there. And, you know, most of the show is Abraham Lincoln talking. And so this video has been posted and it is amazingly lifelike. They have put movement in there for cheekbones and they had him go through a range of emotions. Or you're just watching him go through this range of emotions, look around, he looks sad, he looks kind of friendly and warm at one point, looks shocked, looks surprised, all kinds of different expressions. And, I mean, they're saying it's not coming soon or whatever to not go after it, but I can't think of any other reason for them to have made this and presented it than the fact that this is coming into the new Hall of Presidents very, very soon. What did you think? You know, I was just absolutely amazed. I mean, the, the mouth movements still are not quite there, but those expressions are just absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, I sat there just saw going, watching him going through those emotions from shock to awe to sadness to happiness. It's incredible how incredibly lifelike this figure is. You know, Garner Holt has been doing some pretty spectacular work. He was just a kid who loved animatronics, and he's built up his own business. I know uh, Bob Gurr has been working with him uh, on some of his projects. It, it This is a guy who loves what he does, and it really does show in his work. Oh, yeah. So I'm very excited. This Even seeing the animation around the cheekbones, because, you know, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you talk, you know, your, your the skin around your cheekbones kind of moves. And I even mm-hmm. noticed the subtle bits of skin would move. And this is something that I wish that they could get right in a video game. All the different yeah. subtleties on the human face, because everybody always looks stiff to me. But, oh, the amazing. It's just amazing. The problem is... If they, if they get this into the parks, you're not going to see it when you're watching the show from the back row. You're not going to be able to see all these little details going on in that face. Mm-hmm. So get up close, people, and watch it and stand in awe. And just let that be Abraham Lincoln standing in the room speaking to you. Wow. <laughs> so there's something else coming cool to the parks. Won't you tell us about this? Yeah, this is uh, – we talked a few weeks ago about a uh, virtual reality uh, headset uh, based around Star Wars. Well, what we have learned here is that uh, uh, look, a virtual reality startup called The Void has teamed up with Lucasfilm and the ILM X Lab to bring us a Star Wars themed multiplayer virtual reality experience. And it is coming to both uh, Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And to their uh, to the downtown Disney and uh, Disney, Disney Springs, Springs yeah. respectively. Yeah. So you don't have to go into the parks to participate in this. These are uh, just outside of the parks. Uh, we're told that they're going to open around the holiday season, um, and they're calling it. Or I'm sorry, um, um, my brain's working a little bit too uh, fast for my mouth. 
<laughs> but uh, it, it's basically going to be a way for guests to become active participants within the Star Wars adventure. And I know when we were talking about this a couple of weeks, I talked about there's a, uh, there was a planet, or you could go to Tatooine and participate. This is the company that made that. And so they're going to be expanding upon that concept and bringing it and making it bigger and better. Uh, they had debuted with the Ghostbusters VR experience at Madame Tussauds in New York's Times Square last year. And they've uh, since opened up locations in Toronto and Dubai and their corporate headquarters in Linden, Utah. You know, I get to Utah uh, quite often. I probably ought to go and check this out. Yeah, I'll bet, it, I'll bet it's expensive, though. <laughs> probably. Probably. And now, from um, what little bit I've heard of it, I, it's it's completely like you're going to be wearing these goggles, but instead of being like stationary, you're moving through an environment, and the stuff you're wearing apparently is going to interact with the environment, so you'll actually feel like you're literally walking around, and you can touch things and feel things. There's actually going to be stuff around that, like real objects that represent a virtual object that you can touch and interact with, from what I've been hearing about how this thing worked. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm all for it. I, I want to check it out. I'm sitting here wondering how soon we're going to have the Oasis. No kidding. <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar with the Oasis, uh, go back and listen. What was it? Was it last week or a couple weeks Two ago weeks when we ago. had that trailer for that little tease for Ready Player One? And it mentions the Oasis in there. Yeah, that's, think of it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, so again, this is something pretty incredible that will be coming to the Disney parks. And, you know, if it's something that uh, we're able to experience, we're definitely going to share it. Oh, yes, if we get a chance to. And, and I don't know how we could get some audio because you'd have to be able to fit some uh, microphones on yourself to be able to pick up stuff. So, But maybe we can talk to somebody or one of us can talk to somebody. We'll, we'll figure out something. We'll yep. try. Yep, we do. We do. Yeah. So uh, here is something else that's uh, this is coming up really quick. All right. Uh, there's going to be a live stream uh, from Disney Parks Live. You know, this is going to be, uh, I'm sure, mainly what you're going to want to do probably is go to the Disney Parks blog to watch it. Uh, mm -hmm. Also at their Twitter, at Disney Parks. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to find this on their YouTube channel as well. But this Wednesday, August 9th, it's going to be 8.55 p.m. Pacific Time, which means it's going to be really late at night for the rest of us. <laughs> but they're going to live stream Fantasmic, and this is an all-new show in Disneyland, so you'll well, get a chance to see it. Well, I, I'm not going to say it's all new. It has new elements to it. Ah, I've heard Jack Sparrow is there. Yes, uh, Jack Sparrow has uh, supplanted Peter Pan, actually. Ah. Uh, there are, uh, if, if you're familiar, you know, and there's even differences between the Fantasmic that plays at Disneyland and the one that plays at Walt Disney World. Um, similar type of differences between uh, both parts, but uh, with, with this new one that they have at Disneyland. But uh, you know what? Watch it. See for yourself. Uh, there is new music. There's new sequences. Uh, and, of course, we've got Jack Sparrow sailing around the uh, sailing around the event uh, rather than Peter Pan. But still... It's fantastic. You're still going to, if you enjoyed the previous show or if you enjoy the one at Disney World, you're still going to find plenty to like in this one. And I'm glad that Disney's sharing this with everybody through that live stream. Yep. I'll definitely try to stay up late and check it out or something. Or, you know, after they live stream it, I'm sure it'll be online for a little bit, I hope. Mm -hmm. So, because that, well, I mean, that's like nine o'clock over there. It's going to be like 11 o'clock for me here in Central Time. <laughs> so, yikes. 
But speaking of other things that are new, uh, well, uh, other than the, the Animal Kingdom ex- is expecting a baby tiger cub, which uh, yeah. I, all I found about that is a photo. Um, let's see. But one of the park Sumatran tiger, Sony, is expecting a new addition. And it's actually expected this month. And uh, this is actually an endangered species of tiger, the Sumatran tigers. I'm very happy that our Kansas City Zoo has a, a pair. Uh, so I've gotten to see them. They're a little smaller than a Siberian tiger, but they're just beautiful animals. And they're expecting a tiger cub or cubs. You know, it could be more than one. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's happening right now in the animal kingdom. But uh, other animal related things. uh, I just pretty much want to play some audio here for you because uh, we already talked, I think, before that the Toy Story Land was supposed to open uh, by next summer. Mm -hmm. Well, they put their final pieces on the Slinky Dog Dash. Today is a huge milestone, very exciting day for the Slinky Dog Dash roller coaster for our project team. Uh, we've been really building towards this day for a long time. Today is the day that we install the last piece of ride track. We're just so excited. It was a great moment to see the final piece uh, fit right in. This is a fantastic day. It's seen just a tremendous change in that short amount of time. First, we started in station, put some of the columns in. I believe we were at eight columns that we started off with, and then we started laying ride track on there. From there, everything started falling into into place. And then we just proceeded forward uh, until we got to a good point, found a good, nice high piece to make our last piece as we capped off the ride. There is a ton of work to do. Just on the track, we have to level it all, shim it all, make sure everything's set, and then pack it all with grout, lock it in. In exciting times ahead, we're going to have our slinky ride vehicle arriving here shortly. Um, Our team's actually in Germany right now checking it out. And before you know it, we'll have slinky riding around this track. Now, in this video on the Parks blog, you actually get to see a bit What's of a virtual this tour of the partnerships here. and teamwork and collaboration out here. There's been tremendous teamwork, tremendous coordination between our ride team, our facility team, our show team. They all have to work together uh, to integrate all the parts and pieces that make this the wonderful experience that it's going to be. That makes me feel great. Um, it's really happy to see all our hard work paying off. Uh, we've been working really hard, and we're really excited to see guests ride it one day. The most rewarding part of working here at Walt Disney Imagineering is having those moments, getting to see the reaction on the guest's face. That's something that you really don't get anywhere else. I hope the guests will get a huge smile on their face and just enjoy themselves. And we just can't wait to share this experience with the guests next summer. You know, what's cool about this is when you when you get a good look at it here, uh, I mean, they... They touted it that it was going to be kind of mild, and it's not really going to be you know this this high thrill type of ride. But I mean, it, this is not a kiddie ride by any stretch. This is a full roller coaster. Uh, maybe it's not going to be as high to speeds as what you'd think, but it looks like there's enough some twists and turns and hills, no loops or anything that that, that they showed. But this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it certainly does. And, you know, Disney has been known to, you know, find ways to make these kid-friendly roller coasters very themed and very well done. I mean, we just had the the Seven Dwarves Mine Train open up a couple years ago at Disney World, and that's been fantastic. And I think almost everybody uh, that could ride it is able to ride it. And I'm sure that they're extending that uh, to this ride as well. Yep. So very exciting coming next summer. 
So uh, plan your trips accordingly, because I'm sure it's going to be very, very crowded when they first open, because I think a lot of people would be interested in this. Probably maybe not as big as when uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens, but I'm 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 a big Toy Story fan, so I'm, I'm excited for this. I would love to check it out, and we'll see. Maybe next summer I'll find a chance, although I have an idea for a great project I'm going to try to do next summer. So we'll see. Uh, but there's right. something. Uh, the, they showed some of this at, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, and I saw a little bit of video um, of somebody finding a, at, a, at a booth. And I've seen uh, on Pixel Dan, uh, if you go and check it out, he has got some video. He got sent a couple of these figures to look at. But um, Mega Constructs, which is from uh, like Mega Blocks. And mm-hmm. I think I have one of these I, from a comic convention. I don't know where I put it, but it was of Master Chief. Uh, but it's a little figure you would kind of put together of Master Chief, and he's got a stand and everything. And it's not very big. Uh, so that's why I'm figuring the size of these would be. But uh, there's these little Masters of the Universe figures. Although, right now, they've only got a, a He-Man and a Skeletor. And it's part of this... Uh, Mega Constructs Worlds, and they're going. They have a like start a couple Star Trek figures and things like that uh, that the, I saw on Pixel Dan uh, on his video. But they're they're not doing a huge range. But having some extra Master of the Universe miniatures would be really cool. And as small as these are, I would probably I might keep these in the box like Richard Woloski would, you know. And <laughs> I do the same thing. I got some Ninja Turtles on the wall still in packages, you know. Uh, and a lot of Star Wars figures still in boxes on the hanging on the wall. But I think something like this I would probably put on the wall. But you know, like I said, it's only a He-Man and Skeletor at this point. I don't know if there are plans for any more. Uh, and they are, like I said, they're really small, though, if it's if it's based around, like, the Halo, like, little Master Chief figure that I got at a comic convention for free. Uh, it's, it's maybe, I would, I would say maybe about two inches tall. And that's what these look like. You know, they're, they're kind of like minifigs, only just a little bit bigger. So they're, they're going to be really small, so you might not want to take them out of the package because of the, the size of them. Because right now, I don't know what in the world I did with Master Chief. He fell off my desk, now that I think about it, and he's somewhere probably roaming the floor, protecting me from the Covenant or something. I don't know. <laughs> I well, can't find I'll, it. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold out for a Mechanic to... Uh make its way so that one might be a little bit taller <laughs> yeah uh, might gain another half inch there you go <laughs> well uh we've talked before about some casting for a live action aladdin uh the big shakeup really was will smith playing the genie which i haven't really found that many people that happy about it uh <laughs> but we'll see i'm you know i'm gonna, i'm willing to give him a chance but they have cast jafar and he's a guy who used to be on Saturday Night Live and named Nassim Pedrad. I'm, I'm not familiar with actually, this guy. Actually, Nassim Pedrad is a gal, and she has a role that's uh, unique to just this movie. She's not Jafar. Oh! Was she the one that was... Okay, because... Hmm. Now, the, the person Aha, that was playing Marwin Jafar, Kinzari. There we go. Yep, and he's, he's actually going to be in this uh, upcoming Murder on the Orient Express film. That's mm-hmm. coming out, but he's going to be the one playing Jafar. Ah, okay. I'm glad somebody was paying attention to our page. I got, I, <laughs> I got looking at the wrong name. They put the wrong name in the, uh, in the. Um, well, they, 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 yeah. they, they put the name of the, the the one that would be more recognizable. I guess so. <laughs> and uh, see, and she's, well, she's joining the cast. I don't know who she's playing. Yeah, they they did not uh, advise. Uh, what her character is. Just oh, no, here she... it is. Uh, she'll play Mara, oh. a handmaiden and friend to Jasmine. The part is described as a comedic supporting role. So they've invented some extra characters, probably because they didn't want to bring in a live tiger to be her friend. <laughs> but oh, that's what on. happened. 
Yeah, just bring in a live tiger, call it Richard Parker, and we're all good. Oh, wait, wrong movie. <laughs> yeah. But we have a Jafar. Uh, yes. And you're looking at the guy, I can, I can kind of see it. You know, it's really hard to get those perfect Jafar-like features. But he does mm-hmm. kind of have a good pointed nose and kind of a, kind of a, a narrow chin. So, you know, maybe get him the that right beard that could be so twisted. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he might look the part. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, personally, I, I was uh, surprised to learn this week that uh, the Jafar on Broadway has been played by Jonathan Freeman. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. And Jonathan Freeman was the original voice of Jafar. Exactly. And now I've heard so, that he was doing it in, uh, I forgot, it was in California somewhere he was actually doing? Uh, actually on Broadway. Oh, actually was, on Broadway he's yeah. been there. How so cool would that it, be? So it looks like we're not going to get Jonathan Freeman in a third iteration of Jafar. Well, he probably doesn't quite look right, but, you know, no one else could pull that voice the way he does. That's right. But he he probably doesn't completely look the part for a film. On stage, you can can get away with some things, but with a film, it's going to be up close. You'd really have to have the right look. So maybe he doesn't. I don't know what he looks like, but he maybe doesn't look right for it. (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, looks, have you ever thought about, you know, the way that uh, Khan appears in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan? I With his plastic entire... chest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we'll ever get a chance to, to see that on the big screen again and, and get a really good opportunity to review if that's really the case. Well, if you go to fathomevents.com or a participating theater box office, you can find out about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. This is the 35th anniversary. And so it's yeah. going to be showing in a digitally remastered director's cut for two days. Uh, starting on, well, it's going to be Sunday, September 10th, and then Wednesday, September 13th, in about 600 theaters. Uh, normally, I've noticed Fathom Events kind of do stuff a lot, I think, with like AMC, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you go to like fathomevents.com, you should be able to look it in there and try to get your tickets early. Uh, this is very, very cool because this is by far uh, considered to be the best of the Star Trek films. And I, I can't say that I have to, I can disagree with that. That is probably still the best of these Star Trek films. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it, it means a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, that's the one that kind of made Star Trek cool to me. Because I, you know, when I was a, a little kid, I remember it would come on TV, but it was the pacing wasn't enough for me as a kid to really understand what was going on with Star Trek. And I didn't care. But then, you know, I, I would watch The Wrath of Khan. And I was like, ooh, this is kind of cool. And I didn't understand the, everything that's going on. But, you know, it, it, it was really kind of cool. So as I got older, I got to understand the movie and realized, wow, this is a heck of a good movie. Oh, definitely. I mean, earwigs aside, it is a fantastic movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about with the earwigs, then, hey, go to the theater and check it out. Uh, Oh, speaking of some other 80s things coming back, uh, I didn't have this in our notes, but we got to mention it. Uh, There's going to be a series called Cobra Kai on YouTube Red. That's right. YouTube that you have to pay for. Cobra but, Kai, that that sounds familiar. Yeah, Cobra Kai never die, right? Yeah. So uh, this is going to be Ralph Macchio returning with William Zabka, you know, who played Johnny in a 10-episode, half-hour series. And it's going to come in and start in 2018. It's supposed to be 30 years later after the 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament. And Johnny Lawrence is down and out, but seeks some redemption by actually reopening the Cobra Kai Karate Dojo, which unfortunately also reignites his rivalry with a now successful Daniel LaRusso, who is apparently struggling to maintain some balance in his life without the guidance of his mentor, Mr. Miyagi, because Pat Morita has passed away uh, quite a long time ago. 
Yeah. So. I I was really hoping though if if they were bringing them back, I would like to have seen him and Johnny actually kind of being friends because you know at the end of the first movie you do have that line you're all right Larusso, so and and you kind of even got to see where yeah at the beginning of Karate Kid two Johnny learns that his teacher really is a jerk, and so I would kind of think that maybe he'd start to rethink his life you know yeah <laughs> but. I guess that doesn't seem to be the way, but he maybe he won't be a complete jerk. Maybe he's just a little bit of a rivalry, and you know maybe a little bit more friendly this time. But well, you know, I I just hope that you know he comes to the realization that maybe he's been in the wrong after Daniel San goes and honks his nose. <laughs> exactly. Otherwise, go. he might do that drum punch, you know. As I, I was talking to some people at a, at a picnic today, and it says, oh yeah, the drum punch, where he would slap them repeatedly. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. It was like a big slap. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only stuff coming back to theaters, though. No, no. Um, in fact, uh, this week... The Lion King has been back in AMC theaters, but there's something even bigger coming up on the horizon. And it's funny how they they call this the Disney Princess movie marathon. Really, this is nearly almost every Disney animated classic. (laughs) Well, not quite all of them, because we're only doing it throughout the month of September. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if you check your local AMC theater and see if The Lion King has been showing, there are still some showings I'm finding for Monday, so I'm going to try to maybe go tomorrow. Uh, to go watch The Lion King on a big screen again just because. But uh, beginning September 8th, there's going to be a new princess film showing at 304 AMC theaters and even the El Capitan Theater in Los Angeles and then every week through October 13th. So, here's the thing. Beauty and the Beast. I was like, well, that's a funny thing, though. They said it starts September 8th, but the listing I have here mentions Beauty and the Beast is going to be September 15th, Mulan September 22nd, Tangled, September 29th. Moana, also September 29th. Oh, but that's only going to be at the El Capitan, I suppose. Uh, keep an eye out on that one. Princess and the Frog will also be September 15th. Oh, and also AMC oh, Theaters on October, October 6th. 6th. Yeah. September 15th and October 6th. Brave uh, will be at the El Capitan September 8th and AMC Theaters on October 13th. So it's kind of a weird mishmash of things. Uh, it's I guess when they're talking about... Um, Starting September 8th, that might be talking about some of the stuff at the El Capitan. But keep an eye on your yeah. AMC Theater website and at your local AMC Theater and see if you're in one of the theaters that's going to carry this so you have the opportunity to check out these old movies that you probably have on DVD or Blu-ray already. But, you know, there's something special about seeing it on a big screen again. There really is. And I, I am hoping that I can take my kids to go see Beauty and the Beast at the very least to show them how, how, how show them how a good Beauty and the Beast movie is made. Yeah. Not that the, the newer one wasn't good. It just wasn't as good because I uh, liked it. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I, I think I, I enjoyed the live action simply because the story is a it's a good story. And they just found a, a different way to kind of tell it. And and I, I found uh, some enjoyment. I mean, there it wasn't perfect. That's for sure. Uh, it had its problems. But I still enjoyed it. But I still don't love it as much as, as uh, the classic animated that was just a wonderful movie. Which I've actually gotten to see uh, when they re-released it at IMAX. Mm-hmm. Heather and I went, and it was really funny, you know, because seeing it blow, it was full blown up into IMAX, but you could actually watch Gaston when he falls. You can still see his speck vanish completely when he's falling. So, mm-hmm. yeah, spoiler warning. <laughs> <laughs> what, a spoiler warning for, oh my goodness. From 1991, yeah, it's been ooh. 26 years. Oh, wow. 
Well, Sonny, I remember seeing it the first time it was in the theaters. <sighs> All right, but now it's time to turn a corner. Uh, so everything old is new again over in Disneyland as they reopened the mm-hmm. Rivers of America and the, uh, uh, the the Disneyland Railroad, and you are actually were there to check it all out. Well, speak of turning a corner, <laughs> because for the first time ever, the Disneyland Railroad now makes a left-hand turn. It's ready for NASCAR. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, it, it is... Pretty spectacular. It's not just that they've rerouted the track to accommodate uh, Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Uh, they've taken this opportunity to plus up the, uh, the the railroad in a few different areas and to you know make it a little bit more. Oh, just just really plus it up. I guess is really the best way to put it. Um, they've recorded an all new uh, audio for it that you listen to as you ride um, and for the most part it's it's pretty similar to what's been in place for the last 60 plus years uh, as you come out of uh, Splash Mountain which you actually go through uh, bypassing that area of the park, uh, you make a uh, very sharp right hand turn now uh, and go across a threshold bridge uh, which is backed by rocks and waterfall, which are going to protect uh, the view from the inside of Disneyland uh, away from Galaxy's Edge and vice versa. But along this stretch, you can see that they've created all new animatronics. There's a, a, a Native American chief uh, who's get, telling a story that you can hear as you pass by. You over on the island, you can see Mike Fink's cabin and his keelboat as you're passing on by, and you're close enough to you know really see and wave to people that are on the ships as well. Um, as you come back through uh, and pass by the Tomorrowland Station, you'll of course go into the Grand Canyon diorama and the Primeval World. We've talked about those earlier this year. They've actually plussed up those a bit with some projections. Uh, as you enter, as you now enter into the uh, Grand Canyon diorama, you can see some birds flying in the background. Uh, as we go through it a little bit more, you'll see that there's a lightning storm that actually. Uh, is going on and lightning strikes a tree and you can see fire and smoke coming up from it as you enter into the primeval world the projections continue you'll see pterodactyls flying around in the sky you'll see a volcano uh, going up in the background or uh, winds uh, coming up and stirring up dust in the background you know it's not a big change but it's a pleasant addition to what had been there they've sort of plussed it as they exactly. like to say. Exactly. Did you get a chance to check out anything new on the Rivers of America? Well, we didn't did not have the opportunity to ride either the sailing ship Columbia or the Mark Twain. Uh, but you can certainly tell that the uh, route around the island has uh, been shortened a bit. But it certainly did not halt or stop anything going back or back and forth on there. It seems like they've got their timing down just right. And again, from the train, you can see this uh, Native American uh, speaker. You can see the animals down on the water. You can see the the cabin. 
So there, there's quite a bit that you can see. One really neat thing is when we went over to one of the entries for the new uh, Galaxy's Edge area, it's all still themed and designed around uh, the Southwest. And you can actually see a part of the... Uh, well, not the mine train through Nature's Wonderland, but I think it's part of the Stagecoach Trail, or the Burrow Trail, which was paved, um, has been opened back up to the public for the first time in you know decades, where you can see some of the, you know, some of this history of the park, which is really amazing, and and kind of a nice nice new thing since with the addition of all of the new rock work, they had to tear out some of the old rock work that had been around since those mine train through nature's wonderland days. I mean, I know the, uh, there used to be the mine train ride that went through there and I've got audio of that. And at some point we'll have to talk about that old ride when we've been going through some of these old attractions, uh, that we bring oh, in yeah. the Neverland. We'll talk about that sometime. We'll, we'll, we'll even have to go and talk about the old railroad and we've got audio of that. We can play as well because that's now extinct, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, you know, the, like I mentioned, they, they have a new audio to accompany the Disneyland Railroad as you're going around. So, you know, it's, it's even still interesting to hear the new, you know, this new narrator uh, discussing things as you go around the park. Well, let's take a listen because you did bring us a recording of that. I certainly did. I closed my eyes for a second, I felt like I was moving. That was creepy. Okay. Huh? 
I close my eyes for a minute, you know, because I'm tired.
probably just there.
Welcome aboard the Disneyland Railroad. We'll be on our way again in just a moment. Please remain seated while the train's in motion. Of course, keeping your hands and arms free the length inside of the train. If you've got a small passenger, make sure they're sitting away from the opening, so we're seated to the bench towards the center of the row, or securely on an adult lap. Our next stop's going to be at Tomorrowland. We've currently got a red light, meaning the train ahead of us is a bit behind schedule, but once they depart the station there at Tomorrowland, we'll get a green light, and then we'll be on our way. We can sit back and relax, and we'll be on our way Thank you. 
Por favor, 
dias com flash. for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. 
And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.